In this episode of Monday Moments, we're talking about how to extend grace. So stick around and stay tuned for more. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Monday Moments, the show in which we take a deeper dive into Sunday Sermon. My name is Travis, your host with me is Pastor James, fresh back from Colorado. Fresh back. Yeah, <laughs> so not jealous at all of the weather I'm sure that you got to experience. So if you are new to Monday Moments, like I said earlier, this is the show in which we take a deeper dive into Sunday Sermon, uh, where we just get to talk a little bit more casually and conversationally about some of the topics that, uh, in this case, Pastor James uh, talked about in his message. And if you haven't had a chance to uh, listen to or watch Sunday Sermon, you can do so on our YouTube channel, on our website, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And without further ado, let's dive into it. Let's go. So uh, this past Sunday um, it was a continuation mm-hmm. of the prodigals reborn yeah. um, and talking about what it means to be um, born again, salvation. And I thought you took an interesting approach to that, yeah. uh, that you you preached out of the book of Jonah. Yeah. Uh, which is, um, you know, most of us know whether we've been in the church a little bit or a long time, most of us know like the, the story of Jonah and mm-hmm. the whale, um, you know, Jonah being swallowed by the, the large fish and spending three days and then being vomited up as you <laughs> described, you know, on Sunday, you know, um, but really it's about much more than that. And when you think about it, it's kind of a bizarre story. Like yeah. when you really think about, you know, not just the fish part of it, but, you know, God growing the plant and then ordaining uh, or appointing, I think is how the Bible <laughs> yeah puts it, you know, appointing a worm, you know, it's like, what, yeah. what is this story? And, <laughs> and animals being, you know, uh, putting on sackcloth and ashes and repenting. Like it's, it's kind of a really high, uh, um, hyperbole story. Like yeah. when you stop and read it, but yeah. really, really, um, g- amazing example of, of God's grace and how, um, God is and was the same back then in the Old Testament as he is today, full mm-hmm. of grace, slow to anger, um, quick to forgive and extend mercy. So yeah. anyways, I, I'm, I'm going to stop talking okay. and I'm going to ask, <laughs> if for anyone who might be listening or watching and, and maybe didn't catch Sunday's sermon, would you yeah. maybe give a, a recap and uh, maybe the big idea? Yeah, so I, I think that we we tend to look at the story of Jonah. And like you said, we, we have a tendency to focus on uh, Jonah gets eaten by a big fish. Um, you know, maybe we know a little bit more about it, but mainly if, if you ask people, what do you know about Jonah? It's like, oh, he's the guy that got swallowed by. Most people say whale. The Bible says fish. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, whether it's here or there, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those deals. But, but that's most of the time what we know about Jonah. We know that he was running away from something. We know that he goes on a boat and he gets swallowed by this fish. But really, the, the story of Jonah is, is not about the fish. The story of Jonah is about God's grace to the people of Nineveh. And so in doing, um, in, in, in going through the story of Jonah, really the, the part that I wanted to draw out for people was the fact that, that God is a gracious God. And, and Nineveh was in rebellion. And the people of Nineveh, when they were warned by Jonah, actually took heart uh, took to heart what the prophet was saying about God's judgment against them, and they they repented. And it says that they turned from their ways. And yeah, it, it talks about the um, that that everybody went into um, a, a time of fasting, and they covered themselves in sackcloth, and they also covered their their animals in sackcloth. And so there's a lot of things that historically, like you can draw out of that that are not. 
Um, I think that one of the problems that people have with the story of Jonah is that a lot of times people say, well, this is just, this is just hyperbole. This isn't a, this isn't a real story. Well, the, the interesting thing is that Jesus actually tells the story of Jonah and he tells it as having actually happened. And so, um, we, we can take, we can take stock that, that this is an actual true story. Jonah was an actual person. Like there's no, um, there's there's no disputing that Jonah was an actual person. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been other stories of sailors being swallowed by fish and actually being found uh, alive inside um, uh, of a of a fish, uh, you know, a large uh, fish of that sort. And so, it, it's it's one of those that kind of it it plays into this storyline that everybody's like, oh, I'm really familiar with the story about yeah. Jonah. But it also kind of brings in this side that's like, maybe, maybe what I've always thought about Jonah is not the, really the important part of the story. And so I wanted to, I wanted to draw from this very familiar story, um, this very beautiful picture of of grace and mercy, yeah. uh, forgiveness and compassion that the Lord brings. Yeah, I think it's interesting that um, you know, even though Jonah is an imperfect prophet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's dramatic, like you pointed out, you know, very dramatic. <laughs> three, three times. I, yes. I would rather be dead. It's better that I was dead. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he runs from God and there's just full of like this picture of, of, of man's brokenness mm-hmm. all over this story and God's faithfulness, no matter what, even though like when Jonah finally does preach, he only uses five words and the entire yeah. city of Nineveh repents. And that's just a testament to God's faithfulness and God's power that it doesn't depend on man. Cause mm-hmm. Jonah, you can argue gave minimal effort yeah, and, and yeah. possibly even less than yeah. minimum effort. <laughs> um, and yet not only did God choose an imperfect person like Jonah to bring um, repentance and salvation and revival to the city of Nineveh at that time, mm-hmm. he also, God also used the story of Jonah in just like you said, the life of Christ, yeah. right? Because even Jesus, when when all of the Jews were asking and demanding Jesus for a sign, he said, no sign will be given to this generation mm-hmm. except the sign of Jonah. Yeah, And I think it's just amazing that God uses this story as fantastical as it sounds. Is that a word? I, it is now. <laughs> fantastical. Fantastic. I'm going to look that. I'm going to log it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first. Fantastical. We that's That's what we're saying. And so, but yeah, like God used this story when Jesus came and and pointed back to it. And there's just so much good goodness, and, and like you said, um, really revealing the character and nature mm-hmm. of God to be merciful. Um, it, it, you talked a little bit about. Um, repentance and what yeah. it means to really repent. And I realize mm-hmm. it's kind of a a, a a small aspect, but I think one that, because it gets brought up in the New Testament, I think it's one that might be good to talk about. Yeah. And repentance is not just saying, oh, I'm sorry that this happened. Yeah. It actually requires a turning away, mm-hmm. acting differently, you know, yeah. cha- changing the way that you live your life. Um, and, and the New Testament describes worldly sorrow, 
and godly sorrow, mm-hmm. and that there's a difference. Worldly yeah. sorrow leads to death. Godly sorrow um, leads to life through mm-hmm. repentance. So I was wondering if maybe you could talk a little bit about those two things and what the difference is and how to know. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, a lot of times when we talk about repentance, um, people people stop short of true repentance. They feel, they feel bad about it, and they think that there's something that happens whenever we feel um, sorrow. But, but again, godly sorrow actually produces some kind of a change within us. And, and repentance is essentially repentance is saying the same thing about my sin that God says about it. Acknowledging this is sin. This is not a, it's, it's not just a misstep. It's not just a, I messed up. This is actually sin, and sin requires that we that we turn from it. It means that we're going the wrong direction, yeah. and and in order for true repentance to take place, it means that we have to do a, a hundred and eighty degree turn from that and actually go in the opposite direction. And I think that part of the problem that many people have with repentance, and one of the reasons why we don't see change, is because all they do is they feel bad about it. And they sit there and they go, ah, I just, I, I wish I hadn't have done that, or um, I, I hate it when I do these things, or I didn't mean it, or I'm sorry about these things. But we don't actually take the action that's required in order for um, sorrow to yeah. turn to repentance um, and, and actually change from those things. Yeah, <clears throat> and I think to really allow it's hard to like want to sit in that place of i've done something that is wrong it's against god's law and it grieves his heart and i think because you know just like adam and eve like our tendency is to run yeah you know it's to hide yeah uh when we have sinned we want to hide ourselves and whether that's through um denial whether that's through trying to justify it or make excuses or oh it's you know comparison oh it's not that bad you know um whatever the whatever the specific um, expression of that is, you know, we want to hide and, mm-hmm. and, and not face, face, you know, uh, um, consequences, judgment, mm-hmm. whatever the case might be. And, but yet if we really allow ourselves to say, um, yeah, this was wrong. Yeah. Um, I, and God, I've, I've broken your law and, and mm-hmm. I need, I need forgiveness for this and how quick the, how, how quick God is to really extend that, that grace and that forgiveness. And yeah. that doesn't mean that there's not always consequences. I mean, yeah. there, there is still consequences, but to, to feel that forgiveness. Yeah. And I think that that's the interesting thing about the story of Jonah, because it, it, you know, the, the Ninevites said, um, we're going to do this. And perhaps like it wasn't, they weren't thinking, Oh, for sure. God is going to change his, mm-hmm. his mind about these things. They said, maybe, maybe God will relent. Yeah. And, and it's funny because it was the, it was that relenting that really bothered Jonah. In fact, Jonah even said, God, you are being consistent to your character in doing this but I'm still mad at you that you did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and yet just uh, just two chapters earlier, Jonah was begging God to be consistent to his nature. Yep. He was saying, God, you're you're merciful, you're gracious. Would you would you extend that to me? And now that he's extending it to someone else, someone that Jonah didn't think was worthy, yeah. he does that. But but God God honors repentance. It brings out that that character of of mercy and grace. And I think that that's the beautiful thing is that we don't ever have to worry whether or not our repentance is going to be 
um, responded to with grace. That is part of God's nature. When we repent, he is merciful and gracious towards us. Yeah. Yeah, in, in talking about Jonah's indignation mm-hmm. at the, the mercy that was extended to Nineveh, you you kind of use that as a, as a way to draw a comparison to the way that we often um, respond to others mm-hmm. uh, who may be at this point of repentance and, yeah. and being kind of indignant that God would have mercy on yeah. a person, you know, for repenting, you know, without them having to jump through any hoops or anything. And I was just curious, why do you think that is? Like, why do we struggle with that, you know, so often? Yeah, I think that when when we feel like we have not gotten what we've deserved, mm-hmm. define deserved however you want. I I pray more than this person. I do more than this person. I've followed God longer than this person. I have done all of these, whatever, fill in the blank with whatever you mm-hmm. feel like makes you uh, deserving mm-hmm. of something that you're asking for. And then we see someone come to a place of repentance in their life, as did Nineveh, and all of a sudden God's grace is extended to them. There's this, there's this sense almost that we have somehow been cheated in all of this. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's the the problem with with Jonah is that Jonah Jonah really uh, Jonah thought that the people of Nineveh deserved God's wrath. But here's the bigger problem. Jonah didn't think that he was deserving of God's wrath. Yeah. And and I think that's where the disconnect is. When people get into the body of Christ, they somehow think that they are less um deserving of God's wrath and more deserving of God's grace because of their life Mm -hmm. than those who do not know God. And yet the Bible says that his grace is made available to all who would to all who would seek it, to all who would ask um, him that would make him Lord of their life. And and I think it's hard sometimes when when we feel like we have been the one that has been working really hard and not receiving again. It, we, there's nothing that we can do that that becomes a works based um, Christianity that yeah. says that somehow I've done enough to where God owes me something. Mm-hmm. Um, that when we see someone receive a good gift that doesn't, we don't feel like they've done as much as we have. Right. That we become indignant with yeah. that, and we think, well, they're not. They don't deserve that, and and the fallacy there again is not that is not that they don't deserve it. It's that none of us deserve it. Yeah, I don't deserve it. No matter how good, no matter how much I have committed, I am not deserving of God's grace. That's what makes it so remarkable. Yeah, it, in talking about the consistency of God's character, mm-hmm. we see this um, principle echoed throughout Jesus's ministry yeah. of, of God extending mercy and grace to those who are undeserving and how everybody is technically undeserving. And primarily because we're in this series, Prodigals Reborn, yeah. we see this echoed in the older son, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you know, father, you know, this, this son of yours squandered your inheritance on sinful living. You know, I've been with you the entire time. And if you think about it, the son didn't have the older son, neither son had anything except what the father had given them. Yeah. And that's the way that we are, whether we have 
a lot, whether we have a little, whether we have been forgiven much or forgiven little, you know, all the arguments that could be made yeah. around that. Like we have nothing except what has been given to us by God. And, and I wrote a bunch of these down, but I was trying to, as you were, as you were preaching, I was trying to think of all of the different ways that Jesus painted this picture of, um, how important it is to extend mercy and to remember, um, that we ourselves have for have been forgiven much yeah. and therefore we should forgive much. And, and it even starts in the, in the old Testament, going back to the old Testament, God says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. Yeah. And so I was thinking about this and, and I'm sorry for those of y'all who are watching, I'm, I'm looking at my laptop because I took notes and I won't be able to remember all of these. Um, but yeah, like we said, it's similar to the older brother in the story of the prodigal yeah. son. Um, there was a story of the account manager who had been forgiven, you know, this large sum yeah. and, was so grateful that the king had forgiven his debt. And then he went and found someone who owed him very little and threw him in prison. Yeah. And then, of course, we later in that parable, the king comes and says, you wicked servant, you were forgiven much. You should have also um, forgiven. And then there's the other one, the other parable that I was thinking about is uh, Jesus told a parable of um, a, a farmer or a, a vineyard owner mm -hmm. who hired workers to come yeah. work in his vineyard and offered each worker to a day's wages. Yeah. Some of them started working at the very beginning of the day and worked all day. And some of them only worked a few hours and they all got paid the same. And at the end of the day, when they got paid, the ones who had been working all day came and said, this is unfair. Yeah. And God said, well, didn't I promise you a day's wages? Why are you complaining? And, yeah. and so I just, I, I find this story of Jonah so compelling for that reason, because the very point um, and principles in this story are echoed um, throughout Jesus's ministry and even into um, Paul's writings. And you, you, you touched on this um, when you had Gentiles being told, your salvation is not good enough. You need to be circumcised. Yeah. And essentially what, what, what was happening is you had um, the Jewish Christians saying, you have to go back to the law. And yeah. Paul calls out Peter mm -hmm. and says, are you now trying to perfect in the flesh what was begun in the spirit? Yeah. And he said, this cannot be. Like you yeah. cannot, it cannot be grace and works. To yeah. get, it's, it's grace or nothing. Yeah, and I think that that's, I think that's the essence of it. We, we look at this word fairness. And so fairness, fairness requires a, like there, there has to be this ledger that's like, okay, on my side of the ledger, I've done all of this. So I am deserving of this. Mm -hmm. That would be fair. The reality is that grace is not fair. Yeah. If, if grace was fair, we would all perish <laughs> like, yes. because there is not anything that we can do to be worthy of that grace. And so when we when we look at things, and, and I think that was the problem with Jonah. Jonah was looking at him and said, Lord, this is not fair. Mm -hmm. you, you, you are consistent to your nature, yeah. um, but, but we're your people. We're your mm -hmm. chosen people. And yeah. I think that we can get into that same mentality a lot yeah. of times that thinks that we are, we're, we're, somehow, we're somehow better um, then, you know, again, it's it's kind of a fill-in-the-blank thing. It's if, if, if I were to give an example, we'd be like, well, that's not me. Well, but there is that person. There is that thing for all of us when we're sitting there considering um, any time that we— Anytime that we go before God with all of the things that we've done in an effort to try to 
um, sway his hand towards something. What we're saying is it's not fair that I haven't received this from you. I'm, I'm kind of deserving. Maybe I haven't earned all of it, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of deserving of these things. And so when we, when we look at it from, you know, from the, from the standpoint of, of grace, like grace is, grace is one direction. Mm -hmm. It, it is from God to us. And, and there's not anything that we can, that we can give back to God that somehow makes it less grace um, and more deserved. Now, I think that our response to grace should always produce that is James's famous words. Faith faith should produce, you know, but what am I having faith in? I'm I'm having faith in God's grace. Yeah. Is really what I'm having faith in. And that should then produce something in me. But yeah, it gets very difficult because we 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 tend to keep ledgers mm-hmm. of what people should deserve and we see ourselves as not as deserving yeah. of wrath as others. And I find that if we have a more of a, uh, a heightened sense of justice, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a passion for justice, it, it tends to be, I think, a, a, a little bit more challenging to extend yeah. mercy um, because yeah. we want to see justice done. And, and I have a friend of mine um, explain the difference between grace and mercy this way. He said, grace is getting what I don't deserve. Mm-hmm. Mercy is not yeah. getting what I do deserve. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that's and that can be challenging. But at yeah. the same time, we we have to remember that we, like the Ninevites, mm-hmm. were enemies of God. Yeah, and He died for us, and He gave us the free gift of grace and mercy. Yeah. and therefore we should we should freely give that. Yeah. you know, and and if this really is good news, why aren't we more quick? to share that with, with everyone that we possibly can. You know, another friend said, you know, evangelism is really one beggar telling another beggar yeah. where the bread is. That's right. You know? And, yeah. And, so. yeah, and, and, and we're all born that way. I mean, it's, that's what, that's the original sin that, that marks humanity is that we, we all come from the same depravity. Mm-hmm. Um, we were born children of wrath. Yeah. Uh, and so we are we are separate we are separate until the time that we are um that we are repentant yeah um and and yeah i mean some of us maybe walked a little bit of a harder road to that repentance than others but it doesn't it doesn't make one or the other more deserving of god's grace than the other yeah well, I know we could talk a lot more about this, but I know we're we're out of time. Yeah. So thank you for taking some time out of your day to to talk about this, and thank you for uh, taking some time out of your day to to watch or listen to this episode of Monday Moments. We hope that you got something out of this, and if you did, as always, please share that with us. We would just love to hear from you, and um, you can do that by dropping a comment, sending us a message, uh, sharing it with some friends uh, who who might enjoy this. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to hit the subscribe button, please consider doing that, just so that way you can. Uh, be notified every time uh, we post a new episode. Thanks again for watching another episode of Monday Moments, and we will see you next week.